Hello and welcome vegan savages to another episode of the V Games podcast. Today I'm joined by Mike, Mike, not Mick, Mike the vegan. <laughs> He's a vegan YouTuber, a big one. He reaches over 300,000 subs and he does really informative videos. The best available the best available validance uh, and showing the benefits of a plant-based diet and I just love his videos, he, I watch almost all his videos and he does such important videos debunking so much bullshit out there and making reaction videos. These are my favorites because let's face it, there's just so much bullshit out there and often it's just out there and no one clarifies it. Well, Mike the Vegan does and I just love, love, love your videos. And for dummies like me, just watch them like a couple times and then you truly understand them like two, three, four uh -huh. times. Oh, yeah, if English isn't your first language. No, well. because you're so informative yeah, and I love it because you're citing <laughs> studies left and right. And I, I just I, I love it. So, um, yeah, often I, I watch your videos twice, quite honestly, most of them, because I watch cool. them like while I cook or do something. I was like, wow, yeah, that's that's good points. <laughs> and then I, I do watch that with Dr. Gregor sometimes, too. Like, I think I can just listen to it or do <laughs> yeah. something else at the same time. But it's like. There's just, you know, when he's hitting 12 or 15 studies, I'm like, oh, I missed that. Oh, I got to go back. Oh. Yeah, so I guess I can understand. That, that, that's your videos as well. And if you just want to get it for yourself, you just need to watch it once. But if you want to uh, quote it, tell it to your friends, make a post mm -hmm. about it, then you watch it twice, three times. But they're amazing. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. How are you good, doing? Good. Great. Good. Yeah, it's a very rainy day here in Iowa. Oh, is in it? In the middle of the U.S. But uh, it's a good. Perfect day to talk on a podcast. <laughs> is it your first podcast? Oh, no. Because on Definitely. YouTube, I didn't uh, didn't find one. Uh, but oh, really? Probably... I've done, hmm, yeah, I've done a lot of like smaller, just like talking on people's podcasts or shows or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I could send you some. Nice. I've done maybe like five. And soon you have Michael Greger on your YouTube channel, right? I'm releasing that today. Oh. I just finished editing it all together and, you know, adding some visuals over it so that it's a little more like digestible. If he's talking about a study, I found the study usually, I think like nine out of ten times. Did you get more than half one. an hour? Uh, 33, 32 minutes. <laughs> Got <laughs> that's, up to 32 that's all minutes. He, he gives you. That's crazy. Yeah, he only gives you half an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll see. Maybe yeah. I can get him again in the future. Uh, you know, but it was good. Really good information. Yeah, I got him twice, and uh, for the third time, it's like in in July or something. His schedule is crazy. Yeah, yeah, I had to wait. I had to wait over a month to talk to him. So, okay, so I always ask for questions in my Instagram stories, and for you, oh, yeah. cool. I get a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, and I just pick <laughs> the best Sweet. questions. So this is a mix okay. of questions I have myself and follower questions, which are basically most of the questions because there's so many good ones. And let's jump right into it. Or before we jump into it, uh, totally off topic. Did you uh, do you watch Game of Thrones? I do, and I watched the last episode. Yep. How did you like it without spoilers? <laughs> I liked it a lot. I definitely, if anyone, not this is not a spoiler, but if anyone's going to watch it, be aware that it's an hour and a half because usually they're an hour. And at around fifty-five minutes, even fifty minutes, I kept checking my checking my phone thinking, oh my God, it's going to end, it's going to end, it's going to end. <laughs> and that kind of ruined the viewing experience for me because I was so thought, oh, it's going to cliffhang, cliffhang, cliffhang. And ah. just so you know, it does not cliffhang at all. And so that can emotionally prepare you for watching it. So ah, <laughs> just so enjoy you, it. You watch it on, on TV? I watch it. My friend actually owns a theater and we oh. just kind of just have like a private viewing on a screen theater, which is pretty awesome. Because, uh, and, uh, nice. Yeah, I do love the show. I love, there's a lot of vegans on that show. Um, That's true. I would, I do wish they used no fur um and stuff like that but it's you know it's the the operation is so huge that there's i mean it's awesome we have vegans involved vegans you know talking to people and looking really good like um oh what's her name danny's kind of like left hand woman right hand woman um, yes miss sandra or something like that she's she's a vegan she's awesome Tyrion's vegan yes. peter dinklage is vegan so it's cool to have that i'm sure they influence the set yeah for sure and uh, what you were mentioning i always um move my um uh, scroll a bit and then I see how long the episode will, will go for but oh, if you watch in a theater then yeah I was yeah, always I like oh now it ends and I was like oh yes 20 more minutes so it's not gonna end, <laughs> nice. end here but it's, it's crazy it's actually the biggest battle ever in history mm -hmm. of all tv shows and all movies did you know yep took them 50 something days to film and, that night and all during night it's so insane yeah anyway yeah. I'm so so hyped but anyway let's jump into the mm -hmm. questions um, all my life is basically just waiting for Monday. <laughs> That's where I'm at. <laughs> there's, 
Oh, okay. it's Monday for you. It's Sunday for us. That's funny. Yes. It's, uh, <laughs> so Sunday Eve for you, right? Yep. Sunday at eight. Okay. Yeah, it would be, um, it, uh, it's 3 a.m. in the morning on the sun, oh. on the Monday for us. So I just watched that's it Monday, Monday Eve. So. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, that's smart. Cool. Cool. Okay. So the first question, uh, we all heard it and it's a boring question, but I just got to ask you, um, <laughs> why and when did you go vegan? Yeah, sure. Um, so seven or eight years ago, I was on a road trip and my girlfriend handed me the China study and I read it right there. And that's when I officially decided I wanted to be vegan. So like the next restaurant I went to, I ate fully vegan. But then I still had the like, oh, maybe I do need a tiny bit of animal protein every few months. Maybe I do need to take a bite of fish. Otherwise, I'll like die or something like that. I hadn't done the research yet. And then I did it. But yeah, it was really my girlfriend handing me the China study and then my girlfriend making it <clears throat> really easy to just like, you know, she cooked vegan food and stuff and just like showed me how, you know, what to eat and how to buy stuff. So that made it really easy. So it's hard for me to like say, like in my mind, vegan transitioning is like so easy because I was like spoon fed. Um, and so that my experience was a little different, but that was it. It was the science. It was reading about the science of like the diseases. And uh, even though I read the China study, it wasn't the China study part of it that sold me. It was all of the other studies that Campbell talks about there you know, and, and just like mechanisms for why these diseases happen, whether it's heart disease, dementia, or cancer, the things that, that push that, that are animal product related. So that was what really started it. And then like, once you're fully vegan, you're not hurting animals anymore. You can zoom out on the system and take the meat goggles off, as I always say, and actually, actually care about animals for the first time, because you're <laughs> not part of the problem. <laughs> yes. Amen. And wow, over seven years. So vegan before it was yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, vegan as it was starting to be cool. In fact, my girlfriend's been vegan for 12 years. She actually oh, used to wow. go to the library and rent. Oh, crazy. Request, request vegan books to her library. We kind of started like a little vegan section in her library. I so can... they didn't have any of this stuff on the internet. I can hardly imagine compared to how yeah. convenient it is nowadays. Yeah. I mean, even for me, I'm vegan for uh, over five years. And at the beginning, nice. you hardly find like bland milks and discounters. Mm -hmm. And now it's mm -hmm. everywhere. It gets so convenient. But the great yep. thing is that staples, you always found them. And that's what we should eat the most, like fruits, veggies, legumes, whole grains. So yep, yep. that is what Yeah, that's very say. much right. Yeah, those those aren't new. But it is <laughs> cool. You know, when I think when I went vegan, it was like soy milk and almond milk was like starting to mm -hmm. happen bigger. And then uh, now it's ridiculous. So that was oat everything. Like I just saw oat ice cream for the first time in Whole Foods. <laughs> Crazy. When I was in back in uh, the capital of Iowa. Yeah. Okay, your videos are so science-based about the best available balance of evidence regarding diet. So how does your diet look like and the best way to truly get like an overview of how you eat? Could you guide us through a typical full day of eating of Mike the Vegan? For sure, for sure. I have a few videos showing it and it always kind of changes what my dishes I'm, I'm most most excited about are. But the rule that I follow for like lunch and dinner at least, or I'm always, always basing it around like a legume, a whole grain or whole starch, and then veggies and spices and stuff. But you know, I start the day with what I have right in front of me, which is a bowl of oatmeal with a ton of fruit. And so that's done when I wake up because it's on a programmable pressure cooker, the Instant Pot. So it's put on at night with like a seven seven hour cook delay. So it starts cooking a little bit before you wake up and then Wait, boom, you cook your, your oatmeal for seven hours? No, no, no. I put it in the pot and it doesn't start cooking until seven hours is up. And so it starts cooking right before you wake up. And ah. so it's done when we wake up. So it's pro programmable pressure, pressure cooker with a cook delay. How convenient. And so that's, yeah, that's great. And so that's how we do that. Sometimes we end up eating different types of cereal whole grains but you know oatmeal seems to be the winner for whatever reason then we mm -hmm. throw um if i remember i'll throw some flax on but i'm always putting a, t a bunch of different fruit in like i'll put bananas or frozen blueberries and today i happen to have strawberries that i threw in which is great and cinnamon and uh yeah like i said flax for omegas if i remember that's like the ideal situation um sometimes i'll get fancy and throw like hemp on too but uh usually it's i mean for me it's like i'm trying to get that as soon as possible with the most amount of efficiency so I can just like get to work and relax or like relax. And so I do that for, for breakfast and then lunch again, like that grain, whole grain or starch, legume, veggie combo. And, you know, I really like doing kitchery or like a kitchery based soup that is just loaded. Like this is the most common meal we make, maybe like every few days. It's a uh, brown rice with red lentils 
Uh, it's like 20 something minutes on high pressure in the instant pot. And then I'll throw in like every veggie I can, like celery, onions, I'll do garlic, I'll do bay leaves, I'll do um, just like maybe sometimes beets or whatever greens we have. And I'll just make this like super hearty soup. Cause I just have to chop everything, throw it in. And then I can actually mm -hmm. work for that half an hour it takes to cook because you know, it's pressurization time plus cook time. Do you all and cook so, it at the, I'm, I'm not fam so familiar with pressure cookers yet. Do you all throw it in at the same time or do you wait until yep. the legumes and whole grains are all at the same time at the beginning? And then you yes, just all at the same time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was very afraid of pressure cookers. Like I always thought they would explode and all that <laughs> stuff. And that that's, I still feel that way, honestly, about non-programmable pressure cookers. But the programmable pressure cookers, you don't need to watch at all. Like you just throw it in. I'm you so close getting leech. one, and I think you oh, just yeah. converted me, and now now I want one. <laughs> do it. Oh, you should seriously do it. I think it'll be like seventy dollars on. I mean, I don't know how much they are for you, but reasonably, like the amount of hours I've saved cooking, mm -hmm. and the amount of life I've recovered from having <laughs> having that is worth. It pays for itself like every month probably. Um, and then uh, I'll yeah I'll throw just everything and all the spices, cumin and stuff in that, and then that'll be that'll be done. And do you add for lunch a sauce afterwards, or already the spices um, and that's enough? Sometimes I'll cook it with veggie broth instead of water. Like I don't know you for the instant pot, maybe for rice and those whole grains. A lot of times I go like one to three grain to liquid, and so I'll do like maybe like half of the liquid will be veggie broth and half it won't be so it's got that flavor and then all those vegetables and spices come together to make a flavor and okay. so that's like my no tahini healthiest <laughs> i don't throw tahini in that one <laughs> um i do have i do eat like tahini on t on like toast whole grain toast or whatever and stuff um and then there's a lot of other meals like i'll do like burritos which is again you got your like i'll try and get like a whole grain it can be really hard to find a good whole grain tortilla um, so most of the times I will like occasionally if I'm feeling really like, like I want to not even like I want to treat myself, but just out of like sheer laziness, if I'll, I'll end up getting like a white tortilla and like feel like, oh, this isn't the healthiest thing. But it's all about those in break it. up and then I'll throw. Yeah, then I'll throw a bunch of like good stuff in it. But um, yeah, I'll usually I'll get there's like really widely available fat, quote unquote, fat free refried beans, which just means they aren't loaded with oil. And so I like those even though they have a decent amount of salt. But those are like my salt source of the whole meal. So I'll throw that a bunch of veggies um avocados and in sort of make my own like chipotle style burrito and then um i got just like a lot of meals like that like the or just a lot of meals that i like and like whole grain pasta with i'll throw some beans and veggies in it again just like whatever whole i'll just whole grain holify whatever meal it is and something you know i don't have to be like insane about it like like I'll, I'll use like certain noodles that are probably somewhat processed like Lindy, my girlfriend, if you've seen on the Tiny House channel, you know who she is. Sometimes she taste tests on my channel. She feels better being gluten-free, so we'll end up eating some weird gluten-free pasta things <laughs> that are probably a little bit processed, but they're not, like, super high glycemic. They, don't have, they wouldn't have the same issue as, like, white white mm -hmm. pasta, for example, where you're running the risk of, like, maybe spiking blood sugar, having things happen a little too fast in terms of, like, your sugar. Like buckwheat transport. pasta or brown rice yeah, pasta like or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some lentil pastas, too, that are coming Ooh. out that are cool, but sometimes they'll throw, like some proteins but they're actually like a small amount of like pea protein for example that wouldn't create any issues um and then uh what else we have dinner oh sometimes we'll do like breakfast for dinner which is fun like fun mm -hmm. like make pancakes and tempeh bacon and uh put a bunch of fruit on it and there's just a lot of a lot of meals like that just like whatever we want and to and just like making sort of like a a healthy-ish vegan version of it and then we do honestly we do end up out end up eating at restaurants a little more than i'd like some of them we're lucky to have some healthier restaurants like a there's a local uh fully vegetarian egg which has no, ironically has, like weirdly has no eggs organic cafeteria at the university that's near me and um that's pretty cool and then there's restaurants there's a restaurant that our friend's gonna run they have they have like all of the pho kind of like Thai options that they can make vegan, which is really cool. So you can get like a red curry that's vegan, or they can do like a pad Thai or like a veggie pho, and their veggie pho, pho is like very unprocessed as well. Like it's not over salted or oiled or anything. So nice. I'm lucky. Sounds like I eat. Um, and do you snack? <laughs> like, do you have some snacks oh, yeah. in between? Sure. What are your snacks? Sure. Um, depends on what we have like sometimes i'll have like waffles with uh like that again like either tahini or some nut butter on it mm. or um had it for a while i was putting like a little bit of vegan yogurt on and then <laughs> like uh making a sort of like 
I don't know how you describe it, like a waffle with vegan yo- yogurt, nut butter, and. Do like you buy some- the waffles or you make them? Um, it's I try to make them and and save them, but sometimes I will buy like the local waffle. So there's some gluten free waffles. I think they have. We tried to get the one because this is that those are more of a treat. They have like le- they have oil, but like not as much. Um, I use corn cakes, corn cakes or brown rice cakes, cakes for that, and then I yeah put brown like rice cakes, applesauce so. and tahini on it and dates and it's so good. I like brown rice cakes. I just get like a little annoyed. Something like makes me a little annoyed about eating pop stuff sometimes because it's so low calorie. Obviously, you can put <laughs> nut butter on it too, but like when I eat a brown rice cake, I kind of feel like I'm eating styrofoam. <laughs> like, it's not bad. It's not like the worst I thing know. in the world. It's, like, it's great just for people who want to lose weight. And yeah, there you go. If you want to gain weight or maintain your weight, then just put something on it, like peanut butter, yeah. tahini, applesauce, dates. For sure. Um, for sure. There's also cereals. Like, sometimes I'll just have, like, a cereal. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes you can get, like, cornflakes that aren't too, like, covered in sugar. The latest thing that I found annoying is they're just covering everything in fruit juice. Like there's a cornflake that we ate for a while until we realized that it was just like they put, we knew it had fruit juice sweetened, but we didn't realize how much. Like it was basically just doused in fruit <laughs> juice, which is not going to be good. It's basically refined. Mm-hmm. It might as well be sugar water. But what it's I love about good. the U.S. that you have so many options and thus also so many healthy options like salt-free, yeah. sugar-free, and uh, often you find easily... Um, clean granola like I love your I recently was in the US I love the engine 2 line oh yeah from Rip sure. Assistant yep and uh, just it's for me because here in Germany we basically don't have canned legumes which are salt free mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you have so many which are just in water like chickpeas yeah and black uh, beans. that's the, the standard yeah, yeah that's, that's so annoying that you it's have that. always salted um, mm-hmm. anyway soon I have a pressure cooker and then I can just quickly cook them Ah, yeah, so that's um, yeah, that sounds great. That sounds like I eat. Someone mm-hmm. asked, um, "What or who inspired you to study human health?" Mm, hard call. Um, it was weird. It was always just an interest that I had. Honestly, here's what inspired me the most was just me having to defend my diet. Like I would just be, <laughs> you know, just eating what I'm eating, and my friends or people that I know, acquaintances, whatever, would be just constantly attacking me with those myths that if you're a vegan, you know. And so I never, like I was interested in the health stuff for to convince myself that it was okay to be vegan, right? Or that it would help potentially help mm-hmm. prevent some diseases down the line. But then beyond that, I wasn't really more interested in health that much. I wasn't like, oh, I need to know everything about health. It became, oh, I need to learn this about health so that I can like defend my diet or even just make sure that everything is cool with my diet. And so that happened over and over again people just coming at me with like the protein question or or some other nutrient question and then i research more and more and i'd be like oh well then they asked me about a disease and i'd be like oh that's cool and then after doing that a few people were like oh you should start a youtube channel and just make a youtube video about that you know people that were more supportive of me um and then finally i had a girl who i was like staying in like a kind of communal airbnb with over a week and she started eating almost entirely vegan by the end after seeing what i was eating and then when I was leaving back, because I was like traveling for work and I was leaving, she was like, you know, I could, I don't think I could ever be vegan because one person can't make a difference. And I was like, what? Yeah, obviously they can. You know, small groups of people are like individuals are the only ones that ever do make a difference. Like, mm-hmm. they come together. That quote. And, and one person says, no one makes a difference, said by a million people. You exactly. Know? Yeah, I love that. I, mean, I just saw that meme yesterday too. Um, and so that was what I'm like, screw it. I'm going to like, just to show you how untrue that is, I'm, I'm going to go back home and start making YouTube. So the next nice. video, next day I made a video, I think. And mm-hmm. uh, ironically, that video never went live because uh, Lindy, again, my girlfriend saw it. And she was like, this is trash. You're repeating yourself. You're saying, um, uh, what did you even plan this at all? You're just rambling. And so I, from that point on, I, I developed my Mike the Vegan style where I just have a constant kind of like a constant stream of information without saying um or like. And um you know, making it so that no one, no one with ADD wants to click off, which 
it's probably a little bit of an issue for people who don't speak English as a first language. No, and not at all. So it's great. And <laughs> people who don't understand it, uh, they just watch it like in slow-mo or watch yeah, it twice. Yeah, five speed. I hate it when people talk slowly. I, I watched yeah, them in cool. double the time. So I love your, yeah, your speed. That's exactly how fast I want it. And I love that you make cool. it fun, that you throw in your, your jokes and they're hilarious. <laughs> and they just I make have, it... can't resist that. I can't resist <laughs> that's, it. That's great. Keep it. That's my favorite part about it. <laughs> Cool. So that's what inspired me to look at health. And then from there, having the YouTube channel, just like requests to research and research and research these things. Like, to, you know, if I'm going to do a video on a certain mm -hmm. disease or topic, I need to research it to the extreme. So that's what happened. And then eventually it was, oh, now, you know, now I'm studying a master in public health because I got that interested in it. So nice. What's someone ask? What's your favorite part slash function of the body to learn about slash find most fascinating? What's my favorite part of the body? To, to learn about. Okay. Part or function. Um, man, <laughs> it would probably be the cardiovascular system. Maybe not. Okay, it's a tie between the cardiovascular system, the gut microbiome, so the digestive system, and then like the brain. So I'd have to think more about which one I really like. But like cardiovascular system in general, you know, plays to all of those as well. So the cardiovascular system is what causes so many freaking diseases and that's what we have the most dramatic transformation on a vegan diet in mm -hmm. terms of like what people believe is possible and so we have the you know the opening up of arteries and you know all the things just because all the problems like from lower back back pain from that disc degeneration caused by clogged lower back arteries to even people like losing hair because of their artery i haven't even talked about that in a video like hair loss can be from atherosclerosis because you're literally not getting blood flow to your hair follicles anymore on your head. Um, oh, wow. That I didn't know that. It. Yeah, or thinning hair, thinning hair at least, I should say. Or oh, erectile dysfunction. Um, that's one of the earliest things. Yeah, yeah. That exactly. will happen Erect because the, the artery to your penis is just half the size than to your heart. So it's actually yep. a precursor of heart disease. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's very huge. Or I should say very small. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> there's so many. There's so many. Anything you can think of. But you know, just the quality one, yeah. of your skin. Quality yes. of your skin. Um, True. There's things that uh, obviously Alzheimer's, the clogged brain artery. Um, we've got diabetes, diabetic neuropathy where your skin burns because your nerves are clogged. Diabetic retinopathy where the eye, eye vessels are clogged. Um, it just goes on and on and on. So in terms of like the most influential system that people aren't aware of, and that's why it's exciting to me, is the circulatory system. But then, like the digestive tract, you know, like it's part of the body, but it's more of like the system that's in your body. It's actually the bacteria I find really interesting. So that doesn't really count, I guess. Let's cross that off the list, even though the microbiome is really interesting. I think and well. it is in your body. Um, the part I'm interested about is the part that isn't actually your body. It's the billions of bacteria that are there. So then the brain is interesting, but I also when I'd say I'm going to go with circulatory system, most interesting to study just because of the sweeping effects. But the brain is really interesting. However, it's just not, I don't know, there isn't like enough like yes. plant-based diet related research. Although we're going to have some new Alzheimer's research coming out uh, from the doctors, Serzai and uh, Ornish as well soon on Alzheimer's. So that'll be really interesting. And I will say, I, you know, what am I talking about? There is a lot of interesting brain stuff between, uh, multiple sclerosis and the potential causes there with autoimmune and uh, also uh, ALS with uh, the potential issues there and the, the uh, neurotoxins in seafood that can potentially be causing some of these neuro, neurodegenerative diseases. So that stuff is really interesting as well, but I would say it's limited to three or four things while the circulatory system is like basically every, <laughs> basically everything. In fact, the uh, part of the MS uh, pathophysiology, you know, the, the way the disease happens is actually circulatory system related. At least, at least that was the uh, theory of Roy Swank, who was kind of stopping MS in, in a decent amount of cases with a low saturated fat, low animal fat diet. And he was saying that, okay, let's back it up. So, <laughs> um, gets a little complicated, but basically theory of MS is that you have foreign foreign proteins enter your bloodstream because of a leaky gut, essentially your intestinal barrier function being compromised. That foreign protein is then, you know, your body responds by making antibodies to it. And because the foreign protein was similar enough to a protein in your body, in this case, the myelin sheath around your brain cells, you have antibodies that could potentially attack that myelin sheath. But because you have a blood brain barrier and your antibodies don't normally make it into the brain, 
what needs to happen for MS to progress is your blood-brain barrier needs to break down. And Roy Swank believed it was that when you eat a ton of saturated fat, when you have a big high, high animal fat diet, you actually have all these blood issues. One of them is like a, a lowering of oxygen. And uh, there's a few, few ways it could happen, but basically that that high saturated fat creates basically cracks in your blood brain barrier where these antibodies get through. And then once they're through, they can uh, strip those motor neurons, which then leads to, to motor neuron disease. So Interesting. that's, yeah. So that again, it's a circulatory system issue. And then it's also a digestive issue. So all of them, it's hard to break the body down. <laughs> you just so we've like got the that. holistic aspects and like to learn about yeah. everything. Yeah. But I then it's it like the missing link was circulatory as well. So, uh, no, people are like, oh, this guy is crazy smart. How does he know that all? So someone asked, how oh. does he find the studies he cites? So where do you get all the research from? I appreciate the compliment. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm able to start, honestly, I'll start a lot of times by just like Googling what disease or whatever I'm looking at study at the end. So it'd be like, multiple sclerosis study or like multiple sclerosis plant-based diet study like that gets me some good results of finding finding the studies uh directly in the journals honestly like i find that easier than searching like the actual databases uh the nih databases and then um there's uh just dr gregor obviously i always try and give him credit but he's a great place to just yes. like start as well for me he'll have laid out a couple like a part of the picture of what i'm talking about in video I always try to just not copy exactly what he's saying. I try to like build upon it, find something in the studies he didn't mention or find studies he didn't mention at all. Mm -hmm. And then um, thankfully I have some people who can give me access to whatever I really need to look at. Um, but Gregor, Dr. Gregor will tell you to just go to SciHub if you can't access the study, sci-hub. That's like HB right now. I don't know what the, it's constantly getting shut down and moved on. So that's because it's technically Russian hackers. <laughs> but it's also... The annoying thing about all the science is that we, a lot of it's paid with public funds, mm -hmm. and then these journals basically co-opt our, our public funds and, and bogart the knowledge, which is really annoying. It's not the case with every study. So do you look first I think it's uh, who funded the study? Is that one thing you, you check off at the beginning? Yeah, it's good to like scroll down to the subtext on the first page if it's there or at the end where the conflicts of interest are. And, I, and then I would say going even one step further, if you're skeptical, you have to Google the authors now because a lot of them are un so unethical that they won't disclose their conflicts of interest when they've been on the payroll of dairy. I think one, the first one I saw that with was like Robert Krauss in a dairy study. It said like no conflicts of interest. And then I find out he's worked like his whole life for dairy. And it's mm -hmm. like, yeah. <laughs> you can have no conflicts of interest That's in extreme a good point. as well. That's so. what I will do from now on. Yeah, um, yeah but uh, nutritionfacts.org, a great site because often I watch videos and like, oh, that's a good point. And <clears throat> Craig, he lists all the, the sources so then you already have that study for that point and can elaborate on that mm. and someone asked how long does it does the research for each of his videos take ah. approximately <laughs> sometimes they just fall right together sometimes i'll wake up in the morning not knowing what i'm making a video on and i'll figure it out figure out the topic and then i'll just it'll just lay itself out in like a half an hour and i'll just film the video and everything will be great um, but a lot of sometimes I'm just like dragging myself through this research and going off tangents of things like like I research a lot of stuff that doesn't make it in the video, whether it's like just tangential or just not interesting or not what I'm trying to talk about. So it's hard like when I'm researching, I have to really stay on on task. But um, I mean, it totally depends on the video and how much of the subject matter I already know. Like it's probably annoying for people, but that you will see that I am sadly recycling some studies, especially in response videos. I'm recycling studies that I already know off the top of my head, which I try to not just do that. I try to always have a new element, but that those it's just me talking as if I'd be talking like I already know, like I won't, like I don't have to do any research for those studies. If it's like somebody saying that, cholesterol doesn't raise cholesterol when you eat it i already know there's a study showing you know postprandial or after meal cholesterol shooting up higher and higher based off how many eggs you eat that's a study i've mentioned maybe three or four times and so things like that like i don't need to do research to show that research but then there's other like i'm going to do a video on pcos and that was just insane amount of research um i'm going to do a video on or well i would say insane amount of research in that like there's not that much straight up plant-based diet research on it. And so I have to really get down to the basics, like the actual mechanisms of the disease. 
and figure out which, you know, what things will help with that. <clears throat> or there's like certain random things like uh, random herbs that have been shown to help with it as well. I think Dr. Gregor even had a video on one of them. Um, and so, you know, it depends on the disease, depends on how much I know it. And uh, yeah. Sounds good. Um, I don't know. But oh, so I didn't even answer the question of how long. So if there's oh. a video that I know nothing about, it can be like a couple days. Like I'll I'll research throughout the week. I'll do like an hour a day of like just kind of looking into it until I start building a case. And then like the day I'm I'm gonna film or day before I film, I'll put like three hours into like outlining the video and research. So that's my real answer. Okay. Um, and and short videos like where you already know everything that like you just start recording basically. Do you actually script your videos or? I, out, I outline my videos and I'll be reading like quotes. Or if there's a statement that's extremely difficult for me to like, like I need it to be really concise, especially like in the first couple statements of my videos, I will write that out, but I won't read it. I'll write it out. I'll look at it. So I know what I'm exactly going to say, make sure I get every single point. And then I'm, you know, I actually have my computers way off to the left. So. Mm -hmm. I can't look at it, so I'm never reading. Yeah, I like that but, uh, because your videos are really natural, um, and yep. it shows like you really understood it what you're what you're talking about. Because sometimes I feel like when people do videos, it's like they're explaining it to themselves, but you really <laughs> got it, and they're really good at explaining what you know naturally. And yeah, yeah. yeah I well, don't I... know uh, why, um, um, but why I get uh, I get so many questions about acne. So. Um, oh, yep, yep. Yep. Do you have any advice for people who suffer acne, what they could do? Absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. I've been talking about this a lot. So um, there's a few things that happen to people on a vegan diet. Um, the first and foremost one that you absolutely need to check out is we have such an emphasis on taking B12 that people grab these massive high-dose B12, 1,000 milligrams. Honestly, anything over a couple hundred milligrams is potentially high enough to get your status higher than it used to be. And in, there's a certain amount of people that are kind of, I guess you could call them hyper responders from one study. It was like maybe one in seven people where what's happening is the B12 gets so high in your system that your facial bacteria, the P acnes on your face goes, oh, there's bacteria just exuding here in the environment. I'm going to stop making it and stop synthesizing my own. In fact, their gene expression to change. And through that change, you can get a disp you know, an, an imbalance uh, and dysfunction of that bacteria and the P acnes called piacnes for a reason, uh, can cause acne. And so one in seven people, you know, you really only need to be taking like 50 to 100 micrograms a day. Did I say milligrams earlier? I meant micrograms. Um, <clears throat> and so that is, you know, we have that study of, you know, it took some vegans who were deficient, gave them 50, I believe it was 50 micrograms a day, and it got them out of deficiency. So we do not need to be taking that much. People mm -hmm. taking, you know, 1,000 micrograms a day completely, or even every couple of days, could completely be bombing their facial bacteria another one which um how much do you take i take i literally have a pill that i literally just nibble off like i have a th like i think it's like a 500 microgram pill that i will just like when i remember because i know my status is already higher than the average omnivore like what days i remember maybe most days maybe half days i don't know um i just take a nibble off the b12 and i get it from some like fortified plant milks as well so it's I'm not an issue for me and I wouldn't suggest doing the same thing for somebody that doesn't know their their uh, level but it might be a good idea to just if you do have acne get your levels checked and if it is really high then I'd like really really pull back a little bit and just take the low yeah. dose I would recommend uh, just taking a normal dose like I take 500 microgram and if you get acne from that then lower the dose but most people as you, you said are, are fine with that and then you're just on the safe side it's not crazy high it's but it's it has yeah. a safety puffer in it so I recommend 500 micrograms per day because a daily routine I find much easier to taking it just once per week. So I have this little mm -hmm. supplement tray. Actually, there's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday until Sunday on it. And I see it when, when I forget one day, then I just take both at the next day. So that's a good reminder for me. Um, but yeah, yep. that's, that's a good one for, yeah. What did you say? That's a good one, idea. Uh, one out of eight people suffer acne. I think it was like one in seven. And there was just one study that yeah. uh, showed that people, yeah, you can have like increased acne from it. So, um, and who knows? It could be higher. And if vegans are really trying to slam it down, it could be even higher. It could be, well, maybe it is one in seven. Um, but then something like maybe that. But how many cases, how many cases would that be? So if you, if you think your acne uh, is due to B12, Take a lower dosage, but don't skip acne. And uh, if your do lower dosage doesn't make a difference, yeah. then, and the difference most then it's caused by something else. 
Exactly. The most responsible thing would be to go and get your B12 level checked just yes. so you know that you're doing, you know, you're acting intelligently. Um, so yeah, that's huge. So if, especially if you take a low dosage, uh, check it if, if you get enough. That's important. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, fortified food, you actually have to take way less. So fortified food rules of, I believe, I was just reading this, that fortified food doses match more that in like meat where you don't but your daily requirement of fortified food B12, even though it is supplements thrown in food, which makes no sense, is apparently way lower than if you're just taking supplements, like the recommended amount. I don't know. It's strange, and I, I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head. I literally just read that. So yeah, I in fortified food, it's, it's really low to B12, often just like 5 to 25 micrograms. And yeah, I wouldn't rely on it because out. often yeah. you just run out of it, and then you have it for a couple of days, no B12. Yes, I would just true. take it daily and be done with it. It's, yeah, yeah. Most people take daily supplements anyway, so just add it to it, 500 micrograms, and you're all good. And if you think the acne is because of it, take a lower dosage, and then you're also good. And then yeah. uh, you, you can take really low dosages, but then at some point, you just have to take it a couple, a couple times per day. Like when you go under 10 micrograms, then... But most people, most people are fine with just like 500 because water-soluble vitamin, you cannot take enough, you cannot overdose, you just pee and sweat it out. So you're all good, but most importantly, yeah. take your B12, everyone. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like I, the last thing I want is people to be too afraid to take B12 because of acne, and then they get low B12 and get like issues there. That's like the worst possible situation. Um, but yeah, another thing of acne that I've seen among vegans, I mean, it's just a theory, is I see a somewhat higher level of acne among like bodybuilders. Maybe it's totally in my head, but I know like a lot of people that take a lot of uh, of uh, protein powder. Because you have that leucine in there, something I've talked briefly about with Dr. Greger, um, that can boost your mTOR and your IGF-1, and that mTOR can actually make the acne, the sebum glands on your face sort of hyper-powered. They can actually become enlarged, and that can be a cause of acne, like exuding more more oil or just being, yeah, just creating issues there. So that's one potential, and that I guess one way to get around that would just be even if you're taking protein powder to try and just get like slightly lower leucine protein powder and like not breaking that four grams of leucine which seemed to be from the studies that i saw what starts raising igf1 and mTOR. yeah so and and then it's also just that a lot of bodybuilders are like oh i'm trying to eat all the calories so i eat more processed foods they eat more processed mm -hmm. sugar so obviously processed sugar and then i would also argue processed oils can come together to create issues yeah just, uh, with also skin. just being in a surplus of calories uh it's just more likely to get pimples from that yeah, to boost your IGF-1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a risk. Um, and so for me, it was oil. Like I had mm -hmm. acne until I, until I stopped cooking with oil. I still end up getting oil in my diet uh, through various, you know, like restaurants um, and stuff in smaller amounts considering compared to when I used to cook with it. Uh, so that, yeah, me no longer like stir frying things that my acne basically went away. Well, my acne officially went away when I started um, just as an experiment. I started taking some zinc. Um, which I think I've had an issue with zinc absorption my entire, you know, when I was eating uh, meat and chicken and all that stuff, which is allegedly high in zinc, I had with the worst skin issues I ever had, but it still kind of lingered. And I think I might, I may have like an issue with absorbing zinc, maybe, maybe not. Like when I got my zinc tested, it was on the low end, but it wasn't like bad. And so I was like, maybe because we have studies showing that people with lower zinc status are more likely to have acne whether it's causal or not, who knows, but zinc plays a role in skin. So I started taking some zinc and that's when my skin got basically acne free. And for the first time in adult life, which it's interesting, you can't say it's the fault of a vegan diet again, because I was, you know, eating zinc. I'm eating enough zinc mm -hmm. now and I got enough zinc, more than enough zinc. on. So a, no oil and supplementing zinc did it for you? Yeah, and maybe I didn't even need to supplement zinc. Maybe that was, you know, hormonal changes in my body. Mm -hmm. Who knows? But it happened like around the same time that I started trying that. And now I don't even really do it anymore. Like I feel like my status is probably fine. Um, and and really zinc, like this is not to say that I even was anywhere near zinc deficiency where, you know, you lose your taste and stuff like that. It's just like maybe there's an extra benefit. of If there's maybe something else causing skin issues, whether it's hormonal or environmental or anything, um, it's perhaps possible. We'd have to study this that having a slightly higher zinc status could give you sort of an extra tool to fight that acne. That's my theory. I don't know. So getting yeah. above and beyond anywhere near like deficient 
So I'm I just would just like check the levels of zinc first, and if it's low, then considering supplementing. But if it's in a good level, then you most likely don't need it because you get it all yeah. from foods, which is the best exactly. source. Exactly. And so that's yeah, that's an interesting interesting topic. Um, that's, I think that's kind of it. What about dairy? Can I eat dairy? Is it prone to <laughs> acne or? Because for me and so many people I coached and talked to, uh, after I, I stopped eating dairy, that's how I got rid of my acne. I had such yes. a bad acne and I yes. tried veganism for a month and I never ditched all dairy products before for a month. But when I did mm. so, my skin cleared up like crazy and I also yep. had digestive problems with dairy. But I, I didn't even know I had them because I never ditched mm -hmm. dairy for a month. That I, that's why I recommend to everyone ditch all dairy for months and just see what happens because you don't know how good you can feel because you never did ditch dairy so yeah that's what i for sure yeah i was act i was kind of talking directly to vegans but yeah um for dairy of of course there's a few things that happen first of all um you just have hormone manipulation when you take dairy you know you see the testosterone and estrogen levels changing by about 20 percent after drinking milk and you know statistically significantly in that study uh commercial intake of cow's milk, uh, uh, exo something exogenous hormones, all those words are in the title. Um, that changes those levels of hormones. And then we also know, we have several studies, just well known, I can find you quote, quote in several studies that dairy raises IGF-1 as well. Because A, it has IGF-1, and B, probably through the protein mechanism. Who knows, at this point, it's, it's a cocktail of mammalian hormones. Um, and that's to help the baby calf grow. And so that's right there, boom, it's the same thing. I talked about earlier where it can increase the sebum uh, producing uh, part of your face. You yeah. know, it can, can increase the sebaceous glands size so, and stuff. So dairy is not good. Yes. Yeah, so ditch dairy, all animal products, lower mm -hmm. maybe your oil and uh, overall fat intake and see if your skin clears up and uh, check your sink levels. And yeah, your skin should yeah, be and I. I will say, like, it's hard to say whether lowering your fat intake would do it. I would say switching the type of fat you're eating because mm -hmm. it's how it gets in the blood, right? So if you're pounding down oil, you know, it just thinks, you know, your triglycerides can spike higher. And then a lot, a good portion of sebum is triglycerides. So if your body's trying to get rid of excess triglycerides, it might try and exude it onto your skin. So you can literally be <laughs> the, the fat you eat is the fat you wear on your face. <laughs> but to uh, bring McDougal's fat you eat, fat you wear statement into the, the 21st century. No? Um, so so there is some yeah, truth to it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And there is, no, there is truth to it. But, but like, let's say, like, I don't think an avocado is going to yeah. give you like, yeah. acne. Definitely not. Um, and then I will say one more thing about dairy that I didn't notice. Talking about things you don't, you didn't know you had digestive problems, so you got rid of it. I didn't know that the reason I woke up with some phlegm almost every day in the morning and like occasionally had to like, like hawk up mucus or blow up my nose when I woke up was because I was eating dairy or just, yeah, when I stopped eating dairy, that went away. And I haven't, oh, like nice. I never had, like maybe one, once a month I might have like have to blow my nose when I wake up. That's probably less than that actually. Oh, nice. Yeah, actually um, for me the same. I, I had to carry tissues all the time and now oh, yeah. only if I'm sick, what happens rarely. Yeah, there's just a lot of things in dairy that you can have immune responses to. It's mm -hmm. just how it works. Any other questions? Yes. Uh, and this is a fun <laughs> question. This is actually one of my questions. Uh, Nimai actually asked me on his podcast, and I really like the question. Uh -huh. So I want to ask you. There are currently a cup... Uh, sorry, next question. This one. If you could veganize one person that you would think would have <laughs> the biggest impact, who would you choose? And after you answered it, I tell you who I have chosen. But I have then, a joke answer. Can I give you my joke answer yes. first? Donald Trump. <laughs> that was actually my answer. But then, Nimai, but then Nimai convinced me like, oh, but then he, most people are even more, what's the word? Would hate. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. yeah, yeah. He would just convince like his base, which is, I guess, honestly, it's actually a minority of the population, whether you're looking at the uh, popular vote or you're looking at polls, it's majority of the minority. So who would have the most effect ever going vegan, man? Um, who is like the biggest person try to think of who just has like the most airtime talking out of anybody. And mm -hmm. the most, I know this is man, this is bad, but I would just love to see Joe Rogan. <gasps> vegan. Like, and that's what I said. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. because, because if you're, yeah. 
Yeah, he gets over a hundred million downloads each month yeah. and his podcasts go for hours after hours and he's so in people's heads and I listen to him all the time. I love his guests yeah. and yeah. he's just yeah, he a really funny guy, but he's just yeah. talking such nonsense about veganism and them are always cringing. But, oh, uh, and so many people, they're just his, that's his idol and he's the biggest podcast out there. Yeah, that's what yeah. I chose. Yep. In terms of like time, listen to a person, a single person. Yes. It might and be him right now. Reaches. That's insane. Yeah, but and maybe globally, there's somebody in like China that we don't even know about that if they went vegan, they would actually save more animals and make more people healthy. Uh, but I couldn't, I couldn't point to who that would be. China, they're already like India. They're the most vegans. Um, people who are eating a, a vegan diet. I think in Asia, it's. I think, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think for him, it would be such a gradual, subtle change because he's so on the opposite. So if he would. All of a sudden be bland-based he would be such a hypocrite so yeah. just for for his reputation he would be so like slowly transitioning even though he's completely vegan he would be like yeah just like to eat more mm. plants and mm -hmm. but hopefully i have no doubt someday in the future we will see that because yeah. i hope that he just like like your recent video you did about him that was so good and i i wish it's... he would watch that and he would, would would be like yeah i'm actually talking such i'm such a hypocrite i'm saying like you'll be open-minded and don't uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, um, uh, let people do whatever they want. You should you should stop being vegan. Yeah, I'm I'm really sad because he actually invited Gary Yarovsky to be on a show, but Gary Yarovsky was too burnt out to go on, and he is one of a few people that I think could maybe convince him. Although he needs more health facts, oh. I, I think a really fun, just to fun to see what would happen, is if I went on with. Yes. to Joe Rogan with Nimai Delgado or somebody who is really ripped. So because mm -hmm. if I go on alone, they're going to be like, oh, you're not on, you don't look like you are super jacked. But you reference since, them, those people. But yeah, if you have Nimai yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in your, um, they would be not enough better. to convince people that have, or maybe I just need to like work out a lot and, and stuff like that and get bigger. But, um, but you could, it's just funny. Yeah, you just could you just reference him, and then he comes with all the all the bullshit, and then you debunk it. That it's like, true. Oh, in sports, there are only yeah. like a couple athletes, and then like, yeah, but there's just like one percent of the population is vegan, and the fact that there are a couple of pro athletes, that's just huge. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I do think Neil Bernard would kill it on there as well. Garth Davis could do pretty well. What do you um, think? Neil Bernard, though, you don't realize that he is actually an incredible debater. Like, if you've watched oh, wow. Incred uh, Intelligence Squared debate with. Uh, him and Gene Bauer debate Joel Salatin and Polyface Farm kind of intensive grazing farming you know killing animals is the best thing to do and some other guy who's, what would you say know, Michael Kreger how would he perform on the oh yeah I think he would do really well um, it's hard to say I haven't seen him depends on how savage he was being like I feel like he <laughs> might be too and maybe he if, if he went on with the right attitude he could do it I but... think have you have you listened to him on London Real Oh, no. you should listen to that. There, he when he's on these long format po uh, podcasts, he's so savage. He was, he was, <laughs> he was convincing Brian Rose, the host of London Real, and he's now plant based. So, oh, nice. He was <laughs> really like, and I yep. just listened to it many times. My only concern, it's like the same concern with me going. Although I think I have I'm a little higher BMI, but like just Dr. Geiger not being a jacked person going on. And then being like, oh, is this like guy who's in the normal BMI? He's not over the normal, you know. Yeah, you're right. We need two persons. A we need person if... and someone like you. Or <laughs> yeah. a plant-based Although I am getting, like, I'm not saying I'm bigger, but I'm not big by any means, but I am, like, putting on some muscle. Oh, like, nice. I'm now. Yeah, and you, now you're just a healthy, healthy, good-looking guy. So I, I think it's already enough. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, yeah I, I'm, I, I put on like 20 pounds since I've gone vegan. Oh, nice. And I put, yeah, like right now I'm, no, there's one point where I was like 173 pounds, but I was probably honestly a little bit of chub. Um, the, the <laughs> right now I'm like, of, uh, building muscle, I can, I can send you my training guide. <laughs> I do it. Yeah. I, I know what I need to do. Yeah. I would love to get it. Yeah. As motiv okay. extra motivation. Like I know. What I need because in do. Germany we're really sci uh, science based about training. I mean, it's a big trend right now, and all the YouTubers do it and debunk the pro science bullshit. And nice. um, yeah, up. is it is it like stuff? Are you into doing the like uh, hypertrophy stuff, or what's like your angle? Uh, just um, 
just um, explaining how to build actual muscle that it's richly complex but fundamentally simple but you need to break it all down and just look into the studies how long does protein synthesis actually um, last for natural athletes and thus what's the best frequency what's the yep, best so that's volume. just that 24 then, it's that 24 hour window as opposed to like the three to five days right i've read i've read that it's is that, actually is that something uh, 30, 36, okay, 36 hours so in in so two days because we don't go to the gym one and a half days later so two days so it's better to have a high frequency stimulate the same muscles multiple times per week then a low frequency, like these bro splits, only training biceps yep. one day. So thus, yeah, if you're uh, doing steroids, it works. Yeah, so thus I have an upper body, lower body split where I hit my upper body three times per week and my lower body two times per week. And then it's about adjusting the volume that you don't do too much because you're gonna you have a high frequency. Thus, if you don't do too much, you cannot handle that amount of volume in this frequency. So you have to adjust the volume how you do it. I described and about intensity, how to intense. You should actually train because many people are like, oh, go hard or go home. But it's actually not that smart to train until muscle failure for many reasons. And I explained it all and then give example training plans and how to adjust them for you. So I, I send it to you later and you can just read it for fun. It's oh, just cool. 60 pages sure. uh, because I get so... <laughs> is it just? I don't know. Um, I mean, that's, that's, I just wrote the essentials down because that's what it takes. So many people ask me like this and that, but it's, I always say it depends because it's a complex question. And you have to talk about all these factors for building muscle. And um, yeah, so I broke it down to training, nutrition, and recovery. That's the three bases. And then elaborate on them. And yeah, anyway. Sweet. Yeah, we went to the gym. It was arm day, leg day, arm day, leg day, arm day, leg day. And then like rest, one rest day. And we, that was when I was making a lot of like strength gains and getting getting a little bit bigger. Say it and, again? Uh, not, I'm not big by any means, but just like getting, going from like, Quote yes. unquote, Especially like at the beginning, gainer. I call it the noob gains. Yeah. At the beginning, you yeah. gain like crazy, and then gets gets harder and harder. Um, yeah, my but, issue is just like I was always torn about like how much I should be eating because like I would eat, you know, if I eat, like if I do try to make sure I eat three thousand calories or more, like I will gain, but it just becomes like another job, like <laughs> and it's, it's that excess consumption. And it's like, do I really need to do this? And, and uh, so that's my that's my main thing. Well, it's like, yeah, caloric yeah, surplus is, is just needed for long term gains. And um, exactly. yeah, so it's and it's I always say that it's all about consistency. Building muscle, it's not a sprint; it's a marathon. It doesn't matter how yeah. good you train for a couple of weeks. Building muscle mm -hmm. takes years. So um, sure. uh, that's what many people lack: it's, it's consistency. But I send you that later, and maybe then you're motivated wow. and uh, huh. become a pro bodybuilder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on stage, put some oil on your skin, <laughs> and post it off. <laughs> I don't need to do that, man. I don't know. I've watched some people lately, like um, when they're going in that cutting phase. I'm like, man, that's like anorexia level. Uh, Not no, everybody. That's, that's really people. unhealthy. And the, the smart yeah. people say it, like, don't do it just just for fun that's not unhealthy that's not healthy what i'm doing uh but i just do it because that's like my job my, my highest excitement and i love to compete yeah but yeah your libido is gone and um your hormones your menstrual and cycle your if you're a woman yeah and yeah your period is gone and uh, you could actually suffer some damage from it you hardly recover from so i would never go yeah. that low uh, yeah. in body fat Okay, I quickly want to touch on your project. Like many people might not know that besides veganizing the world with all the plant-based science, you have, you, you're building with your girlfriend a tiny house and you actually have a YouTube channel for that as well. It's called TIY, Tiny It Yourself. Could you quickly explain mm -hmm. what a tiny house is and then why you and your girlfriend started to build one? For sure. So there are two types of tiny houses, the ones on wheels and the ones that aren't on wheels and ours is on wheels. And tiny houses, officially anything, you know, 500 square feet or less. I'm not sure what that would be in, you know, meters, but uh, like basically something small. super small. Yeah, very small. Um, and so we're kind of coming at it from a minimalist angle where we're just trying to like lower our footprint and also a mobility angle of like, we tend to want to live in new places, especially being younger. We want to like every couple of years, like, oh, it'd be cool to go to this city. And uh, with a tiny house on wheels, you can accomplish that instead of getting caught in the trap of like, you know, putting down and, you know, getting a lease, putting down your uh, 
deposit and paying paying month monthly rent instead you just hopefully can find a place to park your tiny house for relatively cheap and uh our, ours is going to be off grid potentially it'll have the ability to go off grid so it's going to have solar i've already installed like the solar inverter some of the components um and then it's yeah it's just kind of going to be a pull it pull it up to any we'll pull it up to a field and you'll be able to like live in that field potentially and so that'll be it's super eco it's low you know low environmental impact in a lot of ways uh in terms of water in terms of electrical and all that stuff like it's designed to be super efficient well insulated and it's yeah i mean it's gonna be hard the average person only lives in tiny houses for two years and so we'll see if we stay in it but the goal with the channel especially was to show people how to do things by themselves and for cheaper. So right now the tiny house is about 80, maybe 90% done. And we're at around $12,000, which is super cheap, but that's a lot of time. And like, for example, we made some of our own windows from window inserts. So like making our own window frames and putting them together. And uh, we redid an RV, which is a, we call them an RV. It's rec recreational vehicle, really a uh, some people call them travel trailers. Some people call them campers. We tore down an old moldy one and then we welded the trailer out. So that way we say, you know, had like a lower embodied energy in the steel of the actual trailer that saved $5,000 right there and things like that. So we've gone with the DIY, you know, well-documented way of, of doing things for way cheap to make it like more accessible for people who have the time, but maybe not the money. And so, and that's just more fun for us. is like learning how to do everything kind of. So we diy you know, everything like I just, we just made the countertops. This is the most recent thing we did. Uh, we use metal framing to keep it super light. So we show people how to do that. And yeah. I love it. I, I love so. the minimalist approach and um, just how much you learn probably things mm -hmm. you've never done before. It's, it's your first time you do that, right? Yeah. Yep. Well, I built stuff in the past. I've helped build like various buildings to some like smaller extent. Um, I had a little bit of uh, experience like doing some basic plumbing uh, and some basic I, I've done like woodworking a decent amount throughout my life. And then I've done I've never I had never done electrical officially. I'd like played around with electronics a little bit, but I had never done electrical. So that's one thing that I, I learned um, and just just all the things of like there's just things about houses and house systems that like Mm -hmm. you wouldn't you don't realize like yeah. you just don't realize like how things work and like what about air ventilation what are you going to do and so the best thing maybe for us is put in an energy recovery ventilator which which crosses the cold that or the outside air with the indoor air that's leaving the house to try and recover as much of the energy whether it's colder or hotter outside than it is inside kind of averages out the two it crosses the air over with a bunch of different plates to have as much kind of like surface contact as possible and how do you uh, go? And, yeah. How do you go about? Do you just watch YouTube tutorials if you don't? Know I stuff? did learn a lot on YouTube. Um, <laughs> some of it we just kind of did ourselves, and like learned whether it worked or not. Like for example, we actually no, I did YouTube this. Like I YouTube look <laughs> at like what's the best uh, exterior finish, and so I went. I heard I read like spar urethane. It was really good for like expansion and contraction. We have like intense winters here and intense summers, so did that. It lasted four months and then like the just like peeled off and was crap, right? And so even the best answer is might not work. And so then we went and found this product called Ecopoxy and we found the UV resistant version of that. And I just put it on last week. So I had to already refinish the wood on the house, the cedar on the house, which is really annoying. Nice. Already had to do that like six months later. But now it's amazing. Like the Ecopoxy looks great. So guys, check out tiny it yourself even if you're not building a tiny house like myself i just love watching them you feel like a real man and you learn just huh. some skills yeah. by watching and how complex it actually is to build something livable <clears throat> <laughs> so i want to be respectful to your time so i'm gonna end the um, podcast with three more questions i always oh. ask my guests at the end like quick yeah. questions what first comes to your mind which is the first one what scares you What scares me, mm, uh, to be completely honest, is like people stop watching my channel. It's like my biggest fear. And I know inevitably just the way time works, people will stop watching my channel at some point, whether it's like when I'm 40, 50 or 60, I don't know, maybe I'll be 80 years old and still making videos like, and this is my oatmeal <laughs> and it's fucking delicious. <laughs> um, anyway, so that is, that's like my fear is like, 
because you, you know you can watch like if i post less videos i can watch my channel die you know so like if i'm traveling and i don't post, i'm gonna post a video today actually but like right now my channel is you know pretty dead compared to how it was five days ago when i post a video and so if i went a month without posting a video my channel would essentially die to a large extent uh, like everything like the algorithm would treat it not as well but the idea is that like I basically become rep too repetitive. There isn't enough new information for me to present and people just stop watching and being interested. Thankfully, my my viewers, my views are kind of going up right now, which is good. I mean, it depends. Like, it's very much based off how much I work. So, like, I, I was recently, like, two videos a week. Obviously, I'm going to get more views then a few months ago than I will now, just once a week. But, you know, like, I think mm. I have, like, 100,000 on that last video, Joe Rogan video, which yes. is better than... Uh, they perform really well, I would say. But have yeah. you thought about uh, diversifying your content, like other social media um, pages to yeah. other content maybe? Because I right have, now you're basically only doing YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my Instagram is trash in terms of like <laughs> content. Like I could do, Guys, I don't could follow like him. start. It's trash. <laughs> no, it's really <laughs> <laughs> Don't follow at Mike the Vegan. He's trash. <laughs> Um, no, it's it's just that like I could be making like like memifying like you do like you basically have the you're basically doing what my model would be if I did Instagram. So you're already doing it, so that's cool. You can just keep doing it. <laughs> Where you're like you can sort do of this well. memify stuff and make it very straightforward. Uh, present information like that um, is great. And so I just for me, it's like YouTube is reaching the most people for me. Yeah, and, and it's where if I'm gonna put an hour into this better spent on youtube if that's 100%. Dying, I might... and i wouldn't be afraid because i don't see uh anything of that coming i just see it grow and grow and grow because yeah it's just exponentially growing so many people are going vegan blend-based vegan curious vegan friendly and they just searching your videos and they yeah. will just pop up old videos which some of them have millions of views and they just get so much out of it subscribe even though the video on something like they watch what the health and like oh my friend told me it's the bunk they go on youtube they watch your video which has like almost a million views and they're gonna watch <laughs> it in in five years so uh, yeah. they will just it will just grow and grow and grow i have no doubt so um sure. yeah putting your time in youtube i think is the best because you're so good at it and as as i told you you're my favorite vegan youtuber i just Thank love you. your videos and i'm so thankful for those response videos because i'm like oh please Mike the Vegan make a response video about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, always message me whenever you have something you want me to respond to. Seriously. Oh, sometimes I, I'm distracted and I'm not necessarily paying okay, attention. Okay, I will from now on because I was like okay. when I heard Russell uh, Russell Brand um, at, the, uh -huh. at, at the Turong experience, I was like, oh, please, Mike, respond to that. I was oh, like, really? Yeah. Really? I only got like one message about that. Okay, from now on, I will Amazingly. message you all the time. Do about, it, yeah, because yeah, it was honestly it was three hours long and it was mm -hmm. forty. A lot of his claims were forty-five minutes yeah, in. So I'm honest. I listen to them. most of his podcasts, so yeah. all the time when there's yeah. like a sequence where he's just so talking bullshit, then I, I <laughs> let you know. Or I, if I find so oh, I have something, an, I have another fear that is not a real fear. It's like an accidental osmotic fear that I got from all these videos I made, where I had a nightmare that I had to eat eggs, Ooh. and it was like. <laughs> obviously and then you feel I so would much never better. have to do that and then yeah, you have I a wet absolutely... dream and then your brain function all of a sudden yeah like, <laughs> there you go no yeah good. like i have incredible digestion i like i look check my check my blood levels they look great in every way but it's and i've been vegan for seven years and usually these people are quitting after like four or five yeah um i love so how you debunked them by the way that was that was so great because they're talking such nonsense they're so not informed they're so doing restrictive diets, jumping from this to that, are completely deficient yeah. in, in nutrients because they're so restrictive in what they're eating and then they try this and that and hurt it and, oh, I listen to my intuition and this. Ugh. Yeah. And nine out of 10 times, it's just that their partner is, is like a heavy mediator that influences them, whether it's Ravana yes. getting married to a mediator, raw alignment, starting to date a carnivore person, yes. um, Bonnie Rebecca's boyfriend having to quit veganism. Um, it's very obvious that it's like that pressure more than anything else because everybody has some little health thing that they would like to get better. Yeah. And we're so are. influenced by our environment. That's why it's getting on top of things and actually um, informing yourself, getting educated, and then you can debunk all the nonsense that is out there and have your bullshit meter up that when they say, actually, and you don't know about that, then before you just believe them blindly, do your research. Yeah, exactly. And then like the justifications afterwards get crazy. Like Bonnie Rebecca making a video saying that her cholesterol is too low. Like things yeah. like things just get a little a little out there as yeah. well. And it's always it's always post hoc or after the after the fact kind of explanations. It's like 
never is anything really good. And like, no, never has anyone really proven that something was fundamentally, you know, wrong with the vegan diet. And they usually say the, the, the ones that are le more level headed will say that. Like if you talk to Bonnie, Rebecca, or you talk to even Ravana, it's not the vegan diet that caused their issue of some extreme mm -hmm. thing that they did or maybe, I don't know if Ravana will admit that, but yes. Bonnie will say that. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. And then what's your next question? Uh, best advice you've ever received. Like best what comes advice to your I mind? ever received was probably from Robert Sheik, which is awesome because I'm going to meet him next week. <laughs> um, uh, was I went to his talk and he was just like, look, I went to the gym every single day for a year and worked out really hard and I gained one pound. And I was like, what? And he's like, and then I realized what calories were. He started eating, a, you know, enough calories, a little bit of calorie surplus. And within two weeks, he like gained several pounds and then became a bodybuilder from there on. And so it's what you're talking about. We were talking about this earlier. But after that, I just sat down and made a food journal and made sure I ate 3,000 pounds, 3,000 calories <laughs> and gained, uh, gained like 15 pounds from somebody who was told their whole life that they were just like genetically thin, like genetically skinny or whatever. And, uh, that was just nothing I could do. Like I always, everyone's always like, Oh, you eat so much. Cause like at any given meal I would, but then you know, I wouldn't snack and then I'd like maybe sleep through breakfast or something and stay up too late. And, and so when you actually look at my calories, I wasn't eating enough to like gain. So that was the biggest piece of single advice that ever actually changed my <laughs> changed, changed the things, the way things went. There's probably a, a more, um, existential piece of advice that I've gotten at some point that was more important that that I'm probably just like forgetting I'd about, <laughs> but that was like the most on topic piece of good advice I could think of. And the last one is what is the future of veganism? Future of veganism. Interesting. Um, I would say it's probably going to be, I mean, obviously it's going to grow. We're talking about how it's going to keep growing. Um, I would like to see just like the East become like ethically vegan, like, india and china especially because that is going to have the biggest impact so for me it's like it's so totally cool having more and more people become vegan in the u.s and becoming more of like a social phenomenon but when you start doing the math on like animals and environmental impact and and the most like people getting chronic diseases for the first the chronic diseases that they haven't gotten in previous generations we're looking at we're talking china and india and and just like the largest populations on on earth in terms of countries and so seeing china have a major vegan movement would be the future that I want to see of, of vegan, vegan stuff. So obviously everyone going vegan is what I want, but that's like, if I were to pinpoint something in particular, that would be it. Amen, brother. And that is the vegans podcast. Check out Mike, the vegan, his YouTube channel and his Instagram isn't trash. So go follow him there <laughs> and don't call him Nick, the vegan, because uh, yeah, I did that in the past, but then you, Put in the little microphone and I was like, yes, Mike, yeah. like the microphone. It's my fault. It's too <laughs> ambiguous. But yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. Great discussion. And yeah, I'll check out your plan for sure. And get some gains. <laughs> yes. Be gains. <laughs>